Here we go. Sit down, buckle up, and let's go race the free ESPN New Hampshire radio. I'm Bob Bardis, and this is your NASCAR report. Each week, I usually take you through my four years of racing and give you all the updates, recaps of the races, previews for the following week, but we're in the off-season right now. So I don't know what gear I'm in. Are we calling this NASCAR neutral? Are we calling it NASCAR overdrive? I don't know. I'm going to call it NASCAR neutral until I come up with a better name. So that's what it is for right now. I'm going to take you through and get you up to speed on the news since we have crowned Jimmy Johnson the seventh time champion, tying him with Dale Earnhardt and with Richard Petty. There's a dispute as to who's the best champion of them all. It's three different decades. It's three different eras. You can't compare them. The cars were completely different. The teams were set up. The sponsorship was different. Everything is different about it. So we just relish in the fact that we have three different dominating champions and basically three different generations. So let's get you right on track. We'll get you up to speed on what we are. But the biggest news for me right out of the gate now is Dale Earnhardt Jr. is medically cleared to race in 2017. As you know, the last race that he ran was the week before Loudoun, New Hampshire in the July race. He was taken off of the starting grid in being in the car for July 2016 at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Alex Bowman got the ride. Then Jeff Gordon had a handful of uh, races to run, and they alternated back and forth between Bowman and Jeff Gordon. Well, Alex Bowman did his best, but as you know, he is out of a job following the Miami Homestead Phoenix race. So now the question is, where is he going to go? Who's going to pick him up? Well, before Hendrick officially decided that he was out of that 88 car, we had to see where medically Dale Earnhardt Jr. was. So Jr. goes through the concussion protocols. He is out for the balance of the 2016 season and continues to undergo his testing that he has to return back to, quote, normal, what you and I would have following a concussion and then and only then can he be examined to, to ascertain whether or not he can get back into a race car ever again. There was talk whether we would see him at the Daytona 500, whether we would see him late in 2017, or would he be returning to a race car on a competitive level ever again? Well, throughout the fall and early part of the winter for 2016, Junior continues to improve. He works with his medical officials and has returned back to normal, quote-unquote, and then was able to get into a car at Darlington Raceway during the first week of December. He ends up running 250 miles at Darlington Raceway. This was basically a five-hour session. He ran 185 laps, and during this time, he is monitored by Dr. Mickey Collins and Dr. Jerry Petty, who he has worked with and uh, with Dr. Collins throughout his rehabilitation. NASCAR officials then in consultation with the doctors determined that he would be cleared to return to the track Daytona 500 on February 26th, 2017. So February 26th, 2017, we will see Dale Earnhardt Jr. in the car at the Daytona 500. He's back in the number 88. Previously, Nationwide Insurance said that they were not going to leave Junior. They were going to stay with Rick Hendrick and stay on that 88 car, regardless of how long it took for Junior to return to it. 
Uh, Rick Hendrick also spoke publicly that he was not looking to substitute Dale Earnhardt Jr. until such time as Jr. himself said he could not physically drive that car. Hendrick backs him, Nationwide backs him, Junior Nation backs him, and Dale Earnhardt Jr. will be back in that car. Uh, I, in previous podcasts and broadcasts, have said I expected to see Junior back in the car at Daytona, but my bet was for July 2017, not the February race. I thought it might be too soon, but then again, I'm not reviewing his medical records. I'm not interviewing with Junior. I'm just going from outside looking in that if if you have a concussion-type situation and you are out for the balance of the season and one good hit could eliminate you from further competition for life, I'm not sure that a 2.5 mile super speedway is the first track that you want to get back on and go. I thought we might see him run a few more smaller tracks. You know, let let him run Martinsville. Let him run something where the cars are going about 100 miles an hour and the risk of injury is slapping the right side of the car up against the wall, not putting him in a situation where he could go end over end through the infield, have that front splitter catch the grass, and then be catapulted through the air. To me, that was not the move. But again, that's why I'm a broadcaster and not a driver, and I'm not working for NASCAR. But with it, with that said, Dale Earnhardt will be cleared. He will be returning to the track. In the meantime, the Class Act Award goes to Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Rick Hendrick. Remember that uh, back in the day, we've had the Bud Shootout. We've had the Bush Clash. We've had the Gatorade Twin 125s, you call it whatever you want. The sponsorship has changed. But for the Clash, if you have won a race in the previous, I'm sorry, if you have won a pole in the previous season, then you would be eligible to race in the Bush Clash. So Alex Bowman put put the number 88 nationwide Chevrolet for Rick Hendrick on the pole at Phoenix International Raceway in November 2016, which means technically because the car is assigned to Junior with the number 88 and to Hendrick, Junior would be eligible to drive in the Clash on February 18th at the season opening exhibition race. Now, Dale Earnhardt Jr. has said, I didn't put the car on the pole at Phoenix, Alex Bowman did. Alex Bowman needs to drive my 88, sponsored by Nationwide, in the clash on February 18th, 2017. Nationwide has come out, they are 100% on board with that, and it's basically a reward for Alex Bowman getting in that car, putting it up front where it needed to be, honoring the sponsorship obligations, and meanwhile, trying to build a resume for Alex Bowman himself. So with that, Alex Bowman, we don't know where he's going to ride the remainder of the season at this point, but at the very least, he will be in a car for Daytona race weeks. Meanwhile, we know who will not be in a car for Daytona race week, and that's Greg Biffle. Roush Roush Fenway announced that The number 16 driver, Greg Biffle, have come to a mutual agreement in which Biffle will no longer be driving the number 16 for Roush Fenway. The question on where he goes is yet to be determined for future events. It is still not clear if Greg Biffle, who is 47 years old in December of 2016, will be retiring or will he be picked up by another ride. But after several months, uh, which he confirmed in a Twitter Uh, feed that he and Jack Roush have decided to part ways after nearly two decades for which Greg Biffle has been with that organization. Greg Biffle has been a former NASCAR Truck Series champion and competed in the Xfinity Series. He has not won a race in the Cup Series since Michigan in June of 2013.
So for the last 130 races, he has not put that car into victory lane. Biffle is credited with giving Ford the manufacturer's championship in both the truck series and the Xfinity series uh, when he drove for Jack Roush in the trucks in 1998 and then won the championship in Xfinity in 2001. So he starts his career in 98 in the trucks, wins the truck series championship in 2000, then moves up and gets the Xfinity championship in 2001, then makes the jump to cup. The question is, where will he go from here? Will he continue to drive a Ford or will he make the switch to another manufacturer? Teams that are making the switch of manufacturers is Stuart Haas, the Ford drivers, that have previously driven Chevrolets are making the move to Ford. That was announced early in 2016, but those contractual obligations uh, will now be implemented. And the teams for Stuart Haas, which will be composed of Kevin Harvick, Danica Patrick, Kurt Busch, and with Tony Stewart retiring, now in the number 14 Ford will be Clint Boyer. Clint Boyer is also in the news for commencing a lawsuit against H. Scott Motorsports for more than $2.2 million for contractual obligations that Clint says he is owed for that one-year deal for him driving in 2016 for H. Scott Motorsports. Boyer is contesting that he's missed monthly payments and a commission for bringing sponsorship to the team. Remember, he had five-hour energy driving uh, a for him as a sponsor. And meanwhile, team owner Harry Scott is contesting the suit saying that it that uh, it does not have merit. So we'll see how that suit pays out or plays out, but we'll keep you up to date on that. NASCAR has had its fair share of lawsuits when drivers switch teams uh, and seek to enforce contractual uh, conditions and obligations. If you might remember back in September 2017, Sterling Marlin and Joe Nemechek ended up suing Dale Earnhardt Incorporated and, and Ginn Racing, alleging that they were owned money. That matter was settled out of court uh, about a couple of months after it was initially filed. Back in November of 2009, Eric Almarola also sued uh, Earnhardt uh, DEI and Earnhardt Ganassi Racing, uh, when those two teams merged, uh, Eric Almarola claimed that there was a breach of contract, uh, but eventually dropped the suit uh, just a couple of weeks after it was commenced. You might recall way back in the day, Ford Motor Company actually sued the driver. So oftentimes the drivers are bringing actions against their owners, uh, but here it was a manufacturer for Ford brought suit against Casey Kane when Casey Kane left to go drive for Ray Everham's team that he was forming with Dodge. That suit was resolved when the court ruled in favor of Kane saying that Casey Kane uh, did not do anything wrong and the actions filed by Ford have been or were dismissed. You may remember Ray Everham had a uh, his own team and ran Dodges for a, quite a period of time after leaving Hendrick Motorsports where he was the crew chief for Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon, who completed this year, uh, retired 2015, but came back to fill in the seat for the number 88 car while Dale Earnhardt Jr. was out on concussion uh, uh, protocol. While Jeff Gordon said 
It is doubtful that he will return to cup racing. He will be in a car at Daytona in February of 2017, but it will not be a cup car. He will be driving in the Rolex 24. So they're going to run 24 hours at Daytona in February, and Jeff Gordon will be piloting one of the cars during that week. We'll all see also see some new sponsorships starting in Daytona 2017. Trevor Bain has announced a new sponsor for Liberty National Life Insurance Company will be joining Advocare on the number six Roush Fenway car and Liberty National Life will be a primary sponsor on a handful of races and Trevor Bain has extended his contract with Advocare on the number six Roush Fenway car. He will continue to remain teammates with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. And Roush Fenway will remain now a two-car team with Greg Biffle parting ways with Roush Fenway. Kevin Harvick has announced that his sponsor, Jimmy Johns, have extended, and they will be the primary sponsor for 16 races in 2017, commencing with the Daytona 500. But the biggest sponsorship news at this point is Monster Energy will now be the primary sponsor for the Cup Series. You've heard it on this broadcast before. There were a handful of sponsors all vying for the position that included Subway, Samsung, PayPal, uh, a few others. Monster Energy was my prediction given the fact that they have been in uh, motorsports and motocross and currently sponsor uh, the Stuart Haas number 41 car of Kurt Busch. Given the fact that they have been in motorsports, they were my prediction. However, I thought a close second pick or rival that the series could go to was Samsung. From communication networks with Nextel taking over from Winston way back in the day, Nextel gave way to Sprint Cup, so there could be a natural progression for Samsung. However, Monster Energy won the contract and official logos have yet to be revealed, but we will see that uh, coming up soon. So now, will it be known as the Monster Cup? Will it be the Monster Energy Cup? Or will they come up for a name uh, particular to the series? We'll have to wait and see. But they will now be, uh, they, Monster Energy, will be the primary sponsor uh, for the largest series in NASCAR and given a Monster Energy being a subsidiary of Coca-Cola who has been a longtime uh, sponsor of NASCAR, uh, I anticipate that this contract will extend for a number of years. Looking at the manufacturers, it is interesting to note that Dodge may be coming back to the Cup Series, that there have been reports uh, recently that Dodge and related CEO and officials and vice presidents have been meeting with NASCAR in Daytona. Fiat Chrysler Automobile CEO has met with NASCAR officials to discuss the possible return of Dodge to NASCAR. And FCA, Fiat Chrysler Auto, as you know, is the parent company for Dodge. And NASCAR spokesman said that they are continuing to look to add more manufacturers to the sport. Involved in this meeting was Bob Wildberger, who previously served as Dodge's senior management of NASCAR operations uh, back in 2001 when Dodge returned to NASCAR only to leave again in 2012 after Brad Keselowski won the championship for the Sprint Cup Series with Dodge. Bob Wildberger came on to quote that 
more competition is going to expand the fan base for the sport and when people tend to develop a favorite brand that's when things get more uh, people watching the the races and, and then expand that fan base and expands the sport in general so right now with just chevrolet and ford and as you know toyota expanded dodge has left we'll see if we can add a fourth or perhaps a fifth manufacturer to the series we will keep you up to date on this story as it develops further tony stewart has been in the news on a couple of his stories in the last uh, two weeks uh, most recently the represent he was he tony stewart was recognized in congress when republican north carolina representative richard hudson praised tony stewart for his career and acknowledged stewart's charitable endeavors last month at the awards banquet stewart retirement was honored and noted when frontman pearl jam Eddie Vedder gave a passionate speech of Tony Stewart. And meanwhile, NASCAR as an organization donated $1.8 million to Eddie Vedder's research partnership on behalf of Tony Stewart and NASCAR. Further news out of BK Racing this week that contracts will not be renewed or extended for David Reagan nor for Matt D. Benedetto. Both of those drivers are out of the cars for next year. Replacement drivers have not been named. Another driver that uh, is without a race team is Regan Smith. Uh, it has been announced this week that Tommy Baldwin Racing will be defunct after the 2016 season and Reagan Smith is now looking for a race team to join. Perhaps we might see him uh, taking the seat from vacating David Reagan or Matt B. Den D. Benedetto or perhaps we might see Greg Biffle in one of those cars. One of the drivers moving up into the next round of series from Xfinity to Cup will be Ty Dillon. He will be driving in Jermaine Racing's car replacing Casey Mears in the number 13 Geico sponsored car. As you know, Ty Dillon's brother, Austin Dillon, drives for their grandfather, Richard Childress, in the number three Chevrolet. Meanwhile, over in the Toyota camps, Eric Jones, who has been driving for Joe Gibbs Racing the Xfinity Series, will be moving up to be a partner with Martin Truex Jr. over at Furniture Row Racing in the top series for nascar which will now be sponsored by monster energy and interestingly eric jones's sponsor will be five hour energy and he'll be driving the number 77 toyota as you may recall furniture row has an affiliation with joe gibbs racing the teams are tapped out at four drivers per team so given the fact that joe gibbs racing already has a field full of four drivers they have become affiliated with furniture row and share their information with martin truex teams eric jones now moving from xfinity series will be teammates in the 77 with martin truex jr in the 78 at furniture row joining eric jones in in that number 77 team organization will be christopher gale who was the crew chief for eric jones at joe gibbs racing in the xfinity series and he also got some time working with the number 18 team which primarily was composed of Kyle Busch, but also other substitute drivers through there. Christopher Gale will be making the move now to the Cup Series and will be the crew chief for the 77 
team with Eric Jones. Other crew chief changes are Brian Patty, who previously worked with Greg Biffle for the number 16, will slide over to now work for the number 17, still remaining with Roush Fenway Ford, but instead of working with Biffle, Brian Patty will now be the crew chief for Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in the 17. Matt Borland has been announced to, as the crew chief for the number 27 Richard Childress Racing Chevrolet, currently piloted by Paul Menard. Borland has previously spent time with Stuart Haas Racing and will now make the move over to Richard Childress Racing for the number 27 team. As noted earlier, Tommy Baldwin Racing will not be fielding a full-time team for 2017. Rather, the Levine Family Racing has purchased a charter from Tommy Baldwin Racing in anticipation of the 2017 season. Levine Family Racing also worked with Circle Sports Levine Family Racing and got technical support from Richard Childress Racing back in 2016. They will now continue their partnership going forward by purchasing that charter from Tommy Baldwin Racing. Another team that will not be fielding a car for 2017 is H. Scott's Motorsports with Clint Boyer moving on to Stuart Haas. H. Scott's Motors is without a driver and has de also determined that Michael Annette, who drives for them in Sprint Cup Series, now Monster Energy Series, in the number 46 Chevrolet. Uh, he will not be renewing, and rather he will be going to the Xfinity Series to drive for Junior Motorsports, and he will be piloting the number five car, which will be a Chevrolet, which will bring four cars to Junior Motorsports for next season. That team will be composed of Michael Annette, Elliot Sadler, Justin Allgaier, and William Byron, who was making the move from Kyle Butts Motorsports in the NASCAR Camping World Series, who previously piloted the number nine Toyota Liberty University truck, will now be driving full-time for Junior Motorsports in the Xfinity Series in a Chevrolet. Remember, William Byron is the young man who graduated high school and won six, a record-breaking six races in the truck series in his inaugural season in the NASCAR truck series series while competing for rookie honors and a championship in the truck series. Another truck driver making the jump to Xfinity will be Cole Custer. You may recall he drove the double zero Chevrolet for Junior Motorsports in the truck series. He is now signed to Stuart Haas in the Xfinity series. Cole Custer made news when he and John Hunter Nemechek got together in the trucks on the final turn at Canadian Motorsports Park uh, road course, and that culminated in a wrestling match at the start-finish line when Cole Custer got out of the car and tackled John Hunter Nemechek, thinking that Hunter's aggressive driving uh, put him into the wall and prevented Custer from getting the win. Stuart Haas has signed Cole Custer, and he will be driving the double-zero Ford in the Xfinity Series for 2017. Another truck driver also making the jump, Spencer Gallagher for GMS Racing, Gallagher Motorsports, which also is the company that holds the defending champion with Johnny Sauter driving the number 21 for GMS. Now Spencer Gallagher in the number 23 GMS Chevrolet in the Camping World Series will be driving a 23 Chevrolet in the Xfinity Series. Brad Keselowski fielded two and sometimes three truck series vehicles on track run by Daniel Hemrick, Tyler Reddick. Well, at this point, Daniel Hemrick is moving up from the number 19 Ford from Brad Keselowski racing in the Camping World Truck Series. He will be now driving a Chevrolet for Richard Childress Racing in the Xfinity Series for 2017. 
Meanwhile, Hemrick's teammate Tyler Reddick also leaving Brad Keselowski Racing from driving the number 29 Ford truck will now be driving a 42 Chevrolet for Chip Ganassi. And Reddick will be sharing duties in that number 42 Chevrolet with Kyle Larson. So he will have the benefit of gaining from a mentor in that 42 in the Xfinity series. Over in the Toyota camp, you may recall Matt Tift. He was part of the feel good story for 2016. After successfully having brain surgery, he returned to NASCAR, not only driving in the Camping World Series, but in the Xfinity series. He drove the 18 car at times, uh, for Kurt, uh, for Kyle Busch uh, in that number 18 Toyota for Joe Gibbs Motorsport Xfinity Series and also drove it for the number 11 Toyota in Red Horse Racing in the Camping World Truck Series. Both of those rides were part-time. He has now been named a full-time driver in the Xfinity Series for 2017 and will be driving a Toyota for Joe Gibbs Racing. And a member from Denny Hamlin's number 11 Sprint Cup team, Matt Beckham, will now be Matt Tiff's crew chief for 2017. That third driver over at Brad Keselowski Racing, Austin Sindrick, who was partners with Reddick and Hemrick and drove part-time in the number two Ford for Brad Keselowski Racing has now been given a full-time ride with Brad Keselowski Racing in the truck series. So this part-time job has paid off and he will now get his shot at being a full-time driver in the truck series. And that is after previously scoring two wins in the NASCAR K&N Pro Series East for 2016. So this is another young man who has caught the eye of Cup Series driver Brad Keselowski and is moving up through the ranks from the K&N series now in the trucks and you see what happens. Once these drivers get into the trucks, they spend sometimes a year, two, three years and automatically move up into Xfinity if they show that they can make the cut. Kyle Busch Motorsports has a development program as does Brad Keselowski and it is paying off when you have teenage drivers in the K&N series who are 16, 17 years of age, then driving in the trucks when they're 18, 19 years of age. And by age 20, they are in Xfinity. They are getting a shot at driving with the Cup Series regulars on Saturday, looking to make a name for sponsors, looking to get sign a big dollar contract to run on Sunday. This is the American dream coming through that hard work, dedication, and some talent and a little bit of luck will get you into the big league and get you into the big time series. Also coming out of the K&N Pro Series East and Pro Series West division is Noah Gregson. You may recall that he drove the number 24 for GMS in 2016 in the truck series. Well, now he has been signed to Kyle Busch Motorsports to drive a Toyota Tundra for 2017. And he, like Kyle Busch, is from Las Vegas. So he has been on the eye of, of the Busch Motorsports camp for a while, watching him compete in the K&N series. And this 18-year-old will now be competing in the Kyle Busch Motorsports truck series for 2017 and you know what happens when you start driving for Kyle Busch in the truck series well just ask William Byron six-time winner this past year and now moving up to Xfinity for Joe Gibbs and why don't you go back and ask Eric Jones who also won the Chuck truck series championship in 2015 and then moved up with Joe Gibbs racing to drive in Xfinity and now that's the same Eric Jones that is driving for the Joe Gibbs racing 
uh, affiliate with Furniture Row Motorsports driving the number 77. So Eric Jones has moved up. William Byron moving up. Well, Noah Gregson of Las Vegas, here is your chance to move up. Make a name for yourself, young man, and listen to what Kyle Busch tells you. Another young man making the move is, is Kaz Gralla, who has been driving for... GMS Racing for Gallagher Motorsports. And I think I just confused my notes because a moment ago I said that Noah Gregson drove for the, the 24 for GMS. Nope, that's my error. I got to correct that there. That's Kaz Gralla, who is a 17-year-old who previously drove the number 24 for GMS Racing on a part-time basis in 2016 in the Truck Series. And now he will be driving the number 33 for GMS in the truck series as well for 2017. But making the switch from Kyle Busch Motorsports is Jerry Baxter, who will be coming over to be the crew chief for Kaz, driving that number 33 Chevrolet. And Kaz is gonna be partnered with Justin Haley. They are the new two teammates. Justin Haley previously drove the number five Chevrolet for HGOTS Motorsports in the K&N Pro East series. Well, now he's also coming up. This GMS Gallagher Motorsports takes a shot just like Brad Kazalowski just like Kyle Busch does, they look at these young drivers and say, this is the future of the sport. We're going to give them a shot to run. That number 24 truck for GMS was kind of a revolving cockpit for a number of young drivers coming up to, to uh, we saw Grant Enfinger in there, uh, among others. Well, now that 24 is going to be piloted by Justin Haley. He's a 17-year-old Indiana native, has six career cup starts, and he just won the K&N Pro Series East Championship for 2016. Guess what? You won the bonus prize. You have a full-time ride in 2017 in the Truck Series. All right, so everyone knows that Jimmy Johnson won the seventh championship overall for 2016. So let's talk about some other people who did not have a great year. Uh, Clint Boyer is probably going to be on uh, the top of that list. Tenth career in the series, drove for Richard Childress Racing, partners with Kevin Harvick way back in the day, and will be rejoining him as a teammate in 2017 when Clint Boyer slides over to Stuart Haas Racing uh, where he was signed back in 2015 to replace Tony Stewart leaving. But the question then was for 2016 with no spot available in Stuart Haas because the teams are limited to four uh, drivers and four cars per team. Tony Stewart in there with Kevin Harvick and Kurt Busch and Danica Patrick. There is no room for Clint Boyer. So Clint Boyer signed a one-year deal with H. Scott Motorsports. Um, I was a little surprised by that because I half expected that someone else in the Stuart Haas agency would formulate a team or try to put together a team knowing that you have signed this driver, signed him as a potential prospect, uh, officially announced that he would replace Tony Stewart, but yet he's going to then be left hanging in the balance for the 2016 season. So remember back in the day that when Jeff Gordon wanted to sign a no-name Jimmy Johnson uh, to come up and drive with Hendrick Motorsports, Jeff Gordon put his name on the line and coordinated a deal with Rick Hendrick so that Gordon was part of that deal and part of owning that race team uh, signing with Jimmy Johnson. So now what I expected to see was either Kurt Busch or Kevin Harvick or a combination thereof uh, put together a team that would be a one-car race team that would have an affiliation or an alliance with Stuart Haas, but that did not uh, ever seem to culminate. 
So now Clint Boyer signs with H. Scott's Motorsports and goes about to have the worst career finish uh, and the worst career year that he has ever had in Sprint Cup Series. He ends up finishing 27th place overall at the end of the season. Zero top fives. That five-hour energy was not in the top five and was struggling to see the top ten. Uh, and the season concludes with Clint Boyer filing a lawsuit uh, for $2.2, $2.3 million against H. Scott Motorsports, uh, which uh, at this point in time has been settled. So filed at the conclusion of the NASCAR season uh, and at the time of this broadcast has been settled. Uh, another driver who had a horrible year was Paul Menard, the number 27 Richard Childress Racing Chevrolet. This was a driver who had a win back in 2011 made the playoffs a year ago was going to come up through had a new crew chief uh, announced and replaced in the middle of the season to try to get uh, some excitement some energy building dynamic within the team to go uh, and paul menard could not uh, culminate that for the end of the season and, but he continues to remain at the Richard Childress Racing Stable. Uh, also staying within that team organization, another driver who had a horrible year was Rocket Man Ryan Newman. Number 31, uh, had no wins since 2013, makes the chase playoffs in 2014, goes all the way to Miami Homestead and challenges Kevin Harvick for that championship in 2014 and does so without ever obtaining a win. So the controversy story back then was, can you be a Sprint Cup champion without ever winning a race? And that was the talk all the time, and that still remains the talk. Uh, but this year, uh, Ryan Newman did not mount a challenge, uh, finished 18th in points and only had two top fives. So the question there is, you have two drivers at Richard Childress Motorsports uh, who are struggling. Is it just a bad season, or are we going to see contract changes? Are we going to see driver replacements uh, for next year? Th that's still yet to be seen. Uh, I could tell you who is not going to uh, have a, a driver or contract change next season is Danica Patrick. Uh, over at Stuart Haas Racing, Danica finishes 24th in points, zero top fives, led a handful of laps this year, started to try to put a few runs together, but was either at the wrong place at the wrong time and ended up in wrecks, uh, but continuously finished in the middle of the pack. So before we dismiss her, as some critics have and said, she has had her chance uh, in Sprint Cup and she cannot finish up front and she cannot finish races, the, the question becomes, you know, does she have a place in the future of NASCAR? Well, you got to look at it from this point of view. She comes in with one being the top woman driver in the sport uh, is an inspiration and an image for NASCAR to have young women aspire to be in to be NASCAR drivers and to enter into the sport and and gives uh, a fan base that that comes out and supports her at the track. Not only that, but she brings in sponsorships who want to partner with her because of her uniqueness and ability to go from driving Indy cars to driving sprint cars. Never mind the gender. There is only a handful of drivers who have come from Indy car over into Sprint Cup and been able to succeed. Tony Stewart being the uh, flag person to uh, and poster 
for that uh, transition to occur. So obviously Tony saw something in Danica to sign her and bring her here and then ran for uh, GoDaddy as a sponsorship for a, for a number of years uh, and has switched over now with new sponsorship. Uh, so from a business uh, point of view, NASCAR loves to have her as a woman driver and as a representative of the sport. Tony Stewart loves to have her from a business point of view because you are a middle of the field running driver with the potential to move up and gain victories once you gain further experience in driving Sprint Cup cars. The other thing that he has from a business point of view is sponsorship continues to follow her and you have the merchandise sales and NASCAR, which is built on sponsorship money, is also built on sales for memorabilia and items at the track. We've all seen the 18-wheeler the haulers that follow the drivers for track to track to track and sponsors now expect to have their name and their logo broadcast uh, and displayed not only on the cars but also at the haulers but on t-shirts on hats and anything that you can put a sponsorship logo on that's part of the appeal of nascar is that anybody can jump into this sport and continue as a business to try as a marketing endeavor to advance within the world of nascar so to me danica patrick is solidly uh, in that marketing niche and will forever be a commercial brand and she will be a driver for as long as she's finishing in the middle of the pack. Once, once you start seeing consistent, you know, 30, 30th place finishes deep in the field, well, that brings in a question of can you move up or is there a situation where uh, some drivers need to have kind of a, a remedy to go back into Xfinity to try to, to bolster their career and come back up? Uh, we've seen that with a lot of cup drivers that drop down to Xfinity to gain further experience because they were brought up into the cup series too quickly. So Danica went right from Indy right over into cup. So at this point, I do not see her dropping down to Xfinity, but I see her solidly remaining with within the organization and with within middle of the field finishes, high teens, low 20s. That's what drivers do because you can only have one winner and you are going to have certain drivers and certain teams uh, that will dominate at certain tracks. So she just needs to find her niche uh, as to where to go. An another driver who had a troubled year, Casey Kane. Remember, he's driving for Shendri uh, Rick Hendrick uh, Motorsports. He's driving the same equipment that seven-time Jimmy Johnson is. He's got access to all the laptops, all the information, all the data, all the equipment uh, that's there. And he ends up finishing 17th in points. Here was a surprising news clip to me. Casey Kane did not lead a single lap in 2017. Not one lap. 36 races, how many, you know, thousands of miles. He does not lead a single lap, even by default, when teams come in uh, to pit off sequence, somebody stays out for points, something of that sort. Casey Kane does not get a lap for 2016, so he's he's on top of the list of who had a troubled year, uh, and where does he go from next year? Well, contract has been extended with Rick Hendrick. We've talked about his sponsorship being renewing, and Napa has announced that they will be the sponsor for the Casey Kane World of Outlaws team. Uh, so. 
so again, no one is calling in his his ability to drive or calling that into question. The question is, you know, he has a bad year, and when do you rebound? All teams have, in every single sport, have rebuilding years uh, and struggled years while they put that together. This appears to be, you know, Casey Kane's year to do that. Who had an improved year? Well, NASCAR has announced that uh, Ricky Stenhouse uh, is is falling into the category of improved uh, year. However, finishing 22nd, 23rd ahead of your teammates, uh, Trevor Bain and Greg Biffle, I don't know if that's an improved year, but I guess if we're trying to find a statistic that, that goes and Roush Fenway drivers struggled throughout the year, if that uh, qualifies him of finishing ahead of your teammates as an improved year, I guess that is. Uh, to me, another driver that I agree with with NASCAR's most improved is Austin Dillon. We just talked about Paul Menard and Ryan Newman struggling, uh, finished uh, 25th and 18th in points respectively. Uh, Austin Dillon comes out, finishes 14th in points. Uh, he's the, driving the number three, and this is the third year he's in the series and he makes the playoffs uh, and is able to make a run uh, further than some people had him in the brackets. So Richard Childress does have an opportunity uh, to continue to advance with him, and we've already heard that his brother, uh, Ty Dillon, will be moving up to drive in the series. The, the most improved driver that NASCAR had on their list was Kyle Larson getting his first career win at Michigan and making the chase for the first time. So that's his third season uh, in the Cup and now gets his first career win at Michigan. The other uh, question now is, when will his next win come in? You know, th this guy can't get out of victory lane, and they're already asking him when he thinks he's going to have his next win. Uh, let's go back and look at some other drivers who only had one win ever in their career uh, who continue to drive in NASCAR. So that tells you how competitive this organization is. Casey Mears, one and only win back in 2007, continues to drive um uh, in the in presently in the cup trevor bain won daytona 500 back in 2011 still looking for a second win paul menard as we said brickyard 2011 looking for a second win regan smith daytona or Day, uh, darlington 2011 gets his first win uh, ever and as we've talked earlier in this broadcast uh, he's now looking for a ride next year uh, with tommy baldwin uh, racing uh, not fielding a team full-time for next year Eric Almirola, A.J. Allmendinger, two drivers who do well at road courses uh, and have one win uh, in their career, but yet continue to compete uh, competitively in the Cup Series. The big win for this year, Chris Buescher, driving in his rookie season, gets that win on the Pocono, uh, not rain-shortened, fog-shortened race, uh, which culminated uh, in that. So that was the first time ever that we've seen a fog-shortened uh, race that that uh, ultimately the the rain and fog came in uh, and they call the race so rookie Chris Buescher uh, gets that first win of the season and we'll see what he can do his contract continues to uh, be renewed and uh, th that Ford team has fielded an alliance with Roush Fenway so a lot of the Greg Biffle number 16 equipment uh, will be available for lease for uh, other Ford teams and for Chris Buescher 
Rookie of the Year honors goes to Chase Elliott uh, over Ryan Blaney. Ryan Blaney made a strong run, and this was a great battle when we started at Daytona in February 2016. Chase Elliott puts that car on the pole and takes over for Jeff Gordon in the number 24. That was the story that went throughout the year and had a great run with Ryan Blaney for the Wood Brothers Ford in the number 21 car. We saw it on back and forth. You got the spike story with Chris Busher. He gets all the attention from there with that win he automatically goes into the playoffs uh, but was not able to carry that deep into the playoff season uh, and ultimately Chase Elliott uh, also making uh, playoffs uh, then uh, succumbs to the the points of attrition and concludes from there the question now for 2016 or concludes and going into 2017 which of these drivers will suffer a sophomore slump which drivers will gain on the popularity their experience uh, and their ability to learn and take that knowledge into victory lane for 2017 so daytona is coming folks hold on we are still you know weeks away the countdown is on the silly season has occurred I've tried to bring you up to speed on all the news, all the changes for sponsorship drivers, crew chiefs, uh, and I will continue to do so during the offseason, and we will get you ready for Daytona 2017. Until next time, keep it in gear, hold your line. I'll meet you in Victory Lane, ESPN, New Hampshire Radio. I'm Bob Barton. This is your NASCAR Network.